Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? We have singer, songwriter, Derek Vanderhorst with us today. He was diagnosed with stage four head and neck cancer in 2016 and told he might lose his voice or worse yet, might not make it. Now, five years cancer free and after hundreds of hours of vocal rehab, Derek has reclaimed his voice as an Americana artist and is releasing his first ever solo album, Wildflower. And we're excited to have him on. So welcome to the show. Oh, yes. thanks, guys. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I know your story is going to be a little different on this part, but I always go here. Um, how did COVID affect you and what have you done through this? Man, it's I'm like even listening to your guys' show and every, you know, talking to friends and everybody else. It's been it was hard on a lot of people when it first started. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just the fear of like, oh, where do I grab toilet paper? Where do I do this? How long is this going to last? Like, how long are we going to be in this mess? Um, and like losing Kenny Rogers and like all, you know, kind of oh, heroes yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. in the, the early stages. Um, it was really tough the first couple months. And then I settled into it and picked up a guitar and started, you know, just locked myself in this room and, uh, mm -hmm. and started writing music. Yeah. So for, for me, like the first, the first two, three months were, were probably the worst watching the news, everyone uncertain, you're hearing different things. Um, just the uncertainty, right? Cause we're all yeah. used to waking mm -hmm. up in the morning and life kind of being the same. And then all of a sudden, it shook everybody. Yeah, it did. How did you guys do with all that? <laughs> well, um, the crazy thing is we launched this show January 2020, like I was telling you before the show. And my original plan was maybe 100 interviews our first year. And I thought that'd be a great foundation for first year show. And then when COVID happens, I'm sitting there like I'm watching everything get shut down. And, and you know, we can't change all that. But I'm like, you know, this could be a blessing for us because everybody's going to be available. You know, people who normally wouldn't come on a brand new show might wow, be willing right. to come on a brand new show. Yeah. So we started reaching out to um, all the people from big artists to smalls, everybody. And we end up um, doing over 300 interviews that first year. And we're over 500 now because of this. Wow. That's amazing. We just hunkered down and ran. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah, all that's we could do. And, and I think art benefited in every, like, People, friends were writing books, doing paintings. Uh, people were learning to cook and bake. I still have 50 pounds of flour in the kitchen that I still <laughs> have to use. You know, I watched Great British Bake Off and then oh, tried, wow. to, oh, yeah. tried to do a loaf of bread. And I was like, that's not for me. <laughs> we'll leave that to the professionals. But um, I think art really, I mean, it, it did a lot of good. For this, and it gave people a chance. You know, a lot of people they're in their rut, rut jobs, and I say that because they would say that. You know, not every, yeah, not everybody's in a rut job, that. but mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah. they're in these jobs that they don't really like. And COVID actually gave them a chance to either go back to school, go to a trade school, go do, go learn another skill, Pursue and passion, now they're yeah. pursuing a passion that they never imagined because it gave them time. You're seeing a lot of that, including me. Right. Like yeah. I, I was in music in the nineties and toured and things. And then mm -hmm. um, after the cancer diagnosis and then COVID, 
like you were only here for a second. So, right. you know, you got to kind of pursue the dreams as foolish or courageous or crazy as they are. Exactly. Because yes. we're, I mean, again, I, I just turned 50 last August and, you know, we're pursuing a crazy entertainment show here at, at our age, you know, who does yeah. that? Right. You know, you know, who does it? That's amazing. I love that story. And I think we're proving it's never too late. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. I'm even taking a step further. Um, like, you know, we're planning on moving to Nashville spring of 23. And yeah. one of the things that we're going to do up there is, you know, a lot of people, they do a lot of your business events have these 40 under 40, um, 30 under 30. Well, we're yeah. actually going to launch a charity event for Nashville. That's, that's for 40 over 40. Cause wow. nobody does that. Nobody does that. And, My sister was one of those 30 under 30. I never was. <laughs> and, and, and the charity that we're going to tie into it with is the charity of um, Steve Dorf and his um, charity. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, Steve, the senior or junior? Senior. Senior. Because I um, am good friends with Junior. Because his, because remember, his charity was um, is for Andrew Dorf. You know, yeah. because of passing. And, and that charity is such a great him. charity. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was like, and I was looking for something to kind of tie. Because again, if you're going to do a big event, don't just do a big event, tie it in some type of charity too. Make it actually worth something. And yeah. I was asking around for of my Nashville friends, what should we do for the charity side? And a friend of mine, Carla Williams, said, you know, I've got the perfect person. So she introduced us to Steve Dorf, and the rest is history. Amazing. And Steve, as you guys know, have you seen his book? I wrote that one too, is the title of it. Oh, and wow. you start looking at all the songs that he wrote. I mean, oh, Andrew, yeah. Andrew was a brilliant writer as well oh, and yeah. singer. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so is Steven Dorf, yep. uh, yeah. Andrew's brother. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen his documentary. Um, it was kind of a mockumentary where he goes to Nashville to try and make it. <laughs> and then actually gets in with you know these producers and things and does an album yeah. oh wow oh that's um, cool. we'll have to check that out well, yeah yeah, yeah i think the title the title is wheeler <laughs> um, oh yeah definitely check that out uh, man steve dorf senior wrote i mean every which way but loose like I, the list is long and oh, amazing long. Yeah, yeah 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 wow. <laughs> so um let's talk about the cancer side first. Um, yeah. Again, our show is up close and personal. We like to get a little personal. We love the raw stories because yes, that's what makes this world. Is pain, pain connects us all. Yes, and I'm a cancer survivor as well. I oh. had Hodgkin's lymphoma at age 19. Oh my God. 25 How's... years cancer free now. Oh, I love hearing that. Oh man. Yeah. 19. And, and she wasn't supposed to have, a, she wasn't supposed to be able to have kids and we got two. No, we have two, two miracle babies. And there you are. That's yeah. the that's the story, isn't it? You're yeah. not so supposed to. Tell us about to. your diagnosis and how it's, yes. how it and changed everything. Well, I drink a lot because I don't have saliva, so I'm going to take another sip real quick before I get into this. <laughs> and I chew gum all the time too, just to keep like liquid going through my right. mouth. Yeah. Um. So if it's annoying, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry in advance. No problem. Um. So I was working on a film, and um. I started feeling a lump on my um, neck mm. okay. and, and then I was going to Canada to do some hiking um, and went away for a week or two and then oh, came wow. back and oh, wow. came back on the film. And my buddy was like, 
Hey, there's a bump on your neck because I was trying yeah. to ignore it. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so uh, right then, the director on the film's like, you need to go see my doctor. He's the best. And I went to see him and he took me into his office. It was like house. He had a big wood desk, sat me down. And I was like, if I'm ending up in here instead of the, uh, the other uh, room, this is bad, isn't it? He goes, well... I'm going to get you in to see a surgeon tonight. Wow. Mm, oh, wow. It was, yeah. And so he called the surgeon, Namazi, and um, he was on his way home. He turned around, went back to his office and came to meet me. Mm. And then things progressed very quickly. For I was really lucky. I was working um, a lot for St- Fox Studios at the time. Mm. And, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Ted Galliano, for the film side, Ted Galliano, who was kind of the... Um, executive of of the post-production and production Mm. does fundraisers Mm -hmm. for charity uh or fundraisers for cancer mainly uh, brain tumors and things and so he got me plugged into ucla and got me a great um chemo oncologist and, and that whole thing and luckily he did that because the protocol is normally to do surgery first yes um and the chemo oncologist and the radiation oncologist took me aside and said, you're lucky you saw us first. If you saw the surgeon first, which is standard, mm-hmm. cutting your neck open. Wow. And um, they said it doesn't improve your odds at all. Oh, wow. um, so, uh, so we just went with chemo and radiation and the radiation is crazy. They take this plastic mesh and then they put you on a table and they heat it up mm. and they mm. like, they hold you down and then start pinning it around your face and molding it. So it has to be yeah. hot when they mold it. Oh, wow. Oh, um, wow. I panicked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they put me on some happy <laughs> drug and then I don't remember anything after that. Uh, but yeah, I, like I went in with um, claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Came out of the experience with no claustrophobia because... <laughs> Every day they're tacking you on like they would like a car panel to a table in this Star Trek machine. Um, I could probably show you a picture if you guys want to see it. Sure. It's going to be off my phone. Uh, Okay. I'm super passionate about this because I lived through it and um, I didn't know anything about it before. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I don't think people do. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Wow, is this gonna work? Let's see. It's a. Can you see that? Huh. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the mask, and then this will be, um, the the machine they put you in, and you can see. You oh can wow! See the mask. Yes. And so oh, they wow. pin you to that every day, and basically just burn the shit out of you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mm. Wow. They burn yeah. you. And from the inside and the outside. So I was like, I'm, I would like take sips of morphine and swish it in my mouth and then like ensure to try and not lose weight. Because if you lose too much weight, they give you a feeding tube mm-hmm. and you oh, lose wow. your swallow, swallow muscles. Wow. And once you lose your swallow muscles, you lose, you know, you, there's a chance you could never eat again, speed, you know, all that kind of thing. So, oh, um, so I would just like cry through the pain, like three. And you're probably freaking out because your your career is with your voice. 
It wasn't at the, that point. Um, I had stopped doing music for a while. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the chemo could have made me deaf. Mm. And oh, that, wow. was, that was one of the things we talked about. So we came up with a protocol to um, do a lighter dose of chemo more often. Yes. Um, hmm. And so it saved my okay. hearing. And oh, then, wow. but with them saying I might lose my voice, I was like, if I don't, and I'm really stubborn, um, <laughs> I said, if I don't, I'm going to start a band and become a singer, which I'd never oh, done. Wow. I was just playing uh-huh. guitar. So, um, you know, it sounds like maybe uh, Tom Waits woke up on the wrong side of the bed for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's getting better. And I've been working with the voice coach um, who does healing. Like he's, he, uh, oh, people who have injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been working with him and it's been online like this, which has <laughs> been amazing. I would have never been able to study with him before COVID. Yeah. So, all full circle, right? Yeah. Wow. Full circle, yes. It's yeah. like everything just comes right back around. Um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory in what you do and all that, but they don't see the the grime, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes to make it in entertainment. Whether it was when you were in film or in music, it doesn't matter. It takes a lot of sacrifice. And I always want to talk about that side of it um, because that's, I think, the key to a lot of people. that They never make it beyond the sacrifice and the struggle side. They quit way too early. So tell us a little bit about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through in your career. So I quit way too early. I was one of those <laughs> stories. I was touring with the band and, you know, we would stay at like a Motel 6 at best. Oh, wow. That was like the nicest hotel we ever stayed in. <laughs> uh, we we all got lice on tour. Like, you know, it was it was really hard. There'd be times you're playing in front of four drunk people in a small bar. And then days where you have to do like radio in the morning and then a college show in the afternoon and then drive through the snow for three hours to do a show at night. And it's it's a lot of work. And I came to L.A. and a friend of mine was like, hey, do you want to hold boom on a movie I'm doing, which is a boom with a microphone? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've never done it, but sure. Um, And he goes, well, it pays. And I go, yeah, I'll be right there. Um, (laughs) And so I made like, you know, 80 bucks or 100 bucks that day. And I was like, wow, I can make money. Um, That was a new thing. Because even with record deals and stuff, we were like going to the record label and I won't mention which one it was. And they'd have bagels (laughs) and we'd just be filling up our bags. And we kind of live on that for a week or two. So it's a struggle for sure, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know, you've interviewed so many artists who've gone through this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard and now i'm at a point where i i can make money and do music (laughs) Um, gotta love that gives you a little freedom and makes it a little (laughs) more enjoyable for sure but Mm -hmm. i'm trying to move to just do music that's kind of the, the next year or two plan I have a lot yeah. of things coming up. So, yeah, we'll see how it all goes. I love that. And yeah. you're going to perform for us, aren't you? I would love to. Yeah. But yes. Tell us what you're going to tell us a little bit about what you're going to mm-hmm. perform and then the floor is yours. Well, then, I mean, we got on the cancer subject. So the thing you find out and which you found out about cancer mm-hmm. is like all your amazing friends and family and 
um, the people who just come out to support you. I had my friend Beth was taking me out. My treatments every day. Um, family flew out. A friend from Colorado, where I'm from, flew out. Um, but there's one person in my life who uh, kind of wasn't there in the way that I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a person who should have been who should have been there for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I wrote this song about that. Should we do that one? Sure. Please do. Yeah. Roll over here and grab us a guitar. Okay. <laughs> And this is a can't fall in love. Oh wow! Oh wow! Um, can you guys hear that? All right. Yeah. Yes, we can. So this is actually one of the first songs I wrote. Uh, oh wow! Oh, awesome! Yeah. And it's going to be uh, the uh, first track on the new album, which is coming out April fifteenth. Oh, Great. Cool. Let me take a little sip of water here. <laughs> These old shoes were like an old last friend. Haven't got a thread or stitch to mend. Old saying true, no place like home. Walls are empty and I'm left alone. Never did a lock. Never like the way I comb my hair your hand Never like the way my jokes land Never really thought that we'd grow old You close the door, left me in the cold Never understood the words I sing Never really listened anyway Never really listened anyway there's one thing that I can't tell Fall in love again with you Only thing that I can't tell Is fall in love again with you Fall in love again with you Watching as the crows fly high I got the freedom on my mind Girls in the corner smoking cigarettes I sit here gasping for my breath When you're gone and it ain't too soon You took the air out of this room You took the air out of this room Never really thought that we'd grow old You closed the door, left me in the cold Never understood the words I sing Never really listened anyway Never really listened anyway There's one thing that I can't do Fall in love again with you Fall in love again Fall in love again with you. There you go. Oh, wow. 
Beautiful song. <clears throat> Powerful song. Yeah. So, um, not, and not all the songs are that sad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have to, I mean, I think that's what we do as artists, right? You kind of purge yeah. You know, it's like they say, if you're going to date a musician, just know that you're going to be in their songs, positive or negative. Yeah, right? Everything. <laughs> yeah. I know. I keep writing songs about my little nieces. I wrote an ABC song for them right there. Yeah. So they better behave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like Taylor Swift. She's the master at that. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah. She is. Dolly Parton, like you. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, yeah. Awesome. So many, so many great mm -hmm. songwriters. That's a. The other thing about COVID was like, and I know it's super overwhelming going online looking for music now. Yeah. But mm -hmm. so much great music out there. Oh yes, there is. So much great music. Mm -hmm. And then exactly. you just. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really inspiring. <laughs> and, and like you know, I know people that they get frustrated because of um they feel like country's changing and i'm like if you go online what i like about country music is you've got your traditional country you've got your pop country you you know you've got your um rock country christian country country is Soul a blend country, yeah. of everything, everything and yeah. there's something for everyone under the country umbrella 100 right it's just american music Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why that's we, I think we, we love, love about, about country because we like like it all. You know, I know people hate Georgia, Florida line, and people like we love them. We love but we also all. love you know your we traditional Johnny like Cash, Johnny Cash. Merle you know, we yeah, love it all. Willie Nelson. I mean, everything. Either. I don't know enough about music to hate any of it yet. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cool. I like that. So I don't know. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yeah, it, it's mm -hmm. about so, again because everybody that's doing music has that talent and it's like it's like why be the person that has to put them down they're doing their music their way, way it, pursuing it, their pursuing passion. their passion and they have it and they'll have a tribe that likes that mm -hmm. yeah man and it'll mean something to those people yeah. and it'll help those people and it'll get exactly. those people through their day exactly. and i'm just like i was just um at south by southwest i played a show down there Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. I was sandwiched between like a traditional country six piece uh, yeah. and a hip hop band. And oh, it was wow. just me with the wow. guitar. Um, like, just, you know, it was, it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just these big sounds and then me with a, an acoustic guitar in between them. But yeah. the country band was amazing. And then the hip hop band was amazing. And I was mm -hmm. like, what a cool thing. Like, people don't care anymore they don't go just to see this music or this music. yeah yeah they just go to see music and after covid we're all like i just want to see people without a mask i want to i want to <laughs> hug someone yeah and i want to like, <laughs> take someone's hand and i want you know i want that physical human connection exactly. i don't know how to behave anymore in public like, like, oh, I got to put shoes on. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> we all got to learn that again, right? Yeah. My, like fiance, so many my fiance always talks about, she's like, 
Oh no, I just dress up from the waist up because she does. She's online a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people that do that, that do zooms and all that, that they always tell you that yeah, they don't do anything that below waist. Nothing. I even showered for you guys today. I was like, <laughs> I usually shower at night, but I'm gonna do a morning shower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're all we're all learning how to be. Um, I think better humans from all of this. Yes. I think that's the big thing that COVID has done. Although there is a divide out there and I get that, but the divide really is on social media. Once you get in the real world, the divide is not there. People, and you don't, see, people don't talk to people like that in uh-uh. the real world. <clears throat> and, Everybody. and it's amazing to watch when you, you know, like you said, there's COVID has really put perspective in a lot of people because we all know that life is short. We will always known that. But COVID made it to where, wow, life really is short. Yeah. And art and family and love and all these things that are kind of everything in life, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're all like, what's the meaning of life? I think we all know now. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, a lot of people have put us down because, you know, we've been married, it'll be 20 years this year. And we've always been a 24-7 couple. That's what we wanted. That's how we chose to live our we've marriage. We've always worked together. That's and friends. So, yeah, and yeah. so many people would say, yeah. oh, that's unhealthy. That's this. That's that. And and it's like, you know, I married her to be with her, not apart from her. I, you know, again, if you want to be 60, 70, 80 hours a week away from your spouse, that's all, That's you. That's that's not what I want. That's not the <laughs> life I wanted to choose. Yeah. And and so we cho- chose this life. And the crazy part is because we homeschool our son, too. But the crazy part has been put down for that. But here it is. COVID happened. And the next thing you know, society tried to make us live like them. And now society for a few months had to live like us. A few months for a couple of years. And yeah, so, a couple years. And homeschooling your kids. Like, yeah. who didn't? Yeah. Right. So again, we, you know, when, when everybody had to go through this change, this was normal for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people grew closer or reevaluated during this. Yep. Yeah. Cause a lot of That's people divorced in that time. Oh man. Painfully. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and, but, and, and, and again, a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I know one of the big reasons why I think that a lot of people divorce, especially through this, is, I mean, if you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, spouse working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and you're never together, and you maybe spend a little bit on the weekends together, well, you eventually you're going to grow apart. So then all of a sudden they got thrown together. And they realize, oh, you changed. 24-7. Yeah, 24-7. Together, and next thing they know, they didn't, they we're trying to relearn each other, but it was almost too late for some. Uh, you just described my story. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I mean, the oh, wow. film yeah. industry is brutal on mm. hours. Mm-hmm. There were times I'd work 70, 80 hours a week. Wow. I mean, for wow. six months in a row, seven days a week, I'd be working. So it's definitely hard on relationships. And I think young people, because I mentor a lot of uh, people who want to get into this business, yeah, uh, into yeah. the film business, um, and they're a lot smarter than I was. <laughs> like they saw their parents work like that, they saw all these things happen. They want balance. 
and they want balance and they understand balance. I had, I was working with one, uh, Jacob, who's now become a great friend who I was mentoring. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to Hawaii for two months. <laughs> right, right in the middle of a movie. I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> That's something I would have never even thought of. And so they're teaching me balance as well. And wow. my fiance teaches work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, that's helpful as well. And that's why you, when you, I love it when you see a lot of the singers. Now, granted, it takes sometimes years to get here, but a lot of the big artists, what do they do? Take their spouse and families with them on tour. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm afraid of is touring too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure all that out. I have a great manager and we're, you know, um, we're trying to sort everything out. Yeah. Just to keep a balance in life. Exactly. So I mean, again, we've lost money through the years because we try to keep this balance of the 24-7 couple here. But again, it's like I know what I want and I'm willing to give up some things to keep what we have here. Yeah. And um, like, but I know that we can build something from the show to other stuff in Nashville to where sure. we can create the business around our marriage. Yeah. And that's what, and so that's what we've been trying to build is, is build that income around our marriage instead of our marriage around the income. And, you know, I worked like a fool for over 20 years and I bought stuff that I could never use because I never had time. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, wow. So I is the, the importance of um, like, your wife and your family and your son and like all these things are way more important. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll hear from our son in a little, in a little bit, because we always bring him on to ask a few questions. We call him our third co-host. Is that yeah. getting that? I, I, get I, I have heard his questions and um, he's a fan of pineapple pizza. And I think, <laughs> he that, was, I think that was my favorite as a young kid as well. I've moved, I've moved. My palate has changed a little since pineapple pizza. But um, yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah, he tried it because so many people would ask him, well, what kind of pizza do you like? And he's always been, you know, pepperoni and supreme. And then they were like, have you tried pineapple? He's like, no. And it, so many people have asked that. And he's like, well, I want to try it. So one day he tried it and he liked it. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty legit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, how, so are you guys are doing your show from home yeah. Then, right. And then you'll just take it to Nashville. <clears throat> yep. Cause we can take it anywhere. And, and, and you know, anywhere. The, the goal would be one day to have a show to where it's on TV too. And maybe yeah. it can even, if it's big enough, we got the advertisers and all that. We can fly people in to be on the show. Like, you know, Jay Leno always did and Jimmy Fallon and, yeah. And with all the streaming services now, right? They, because they, we get, because I would like to have a show one day to where we can combine it, where maybe we have one guest that's in person and oh, one right. guest that's um, virtual. I love that idea. Hey, how's it going? Doing good. Hi, Eric. So what's your food? Favorite food? I'm going to go with pizza with you. I mean, <laughs> he's, li I don't know. he's listening to some of your answers. Yeah. Yes. And I, I told him pineapple used to be my favorite. Now it's mushroom black olive. Which a lot of people hate both those things, but that's my favorite. You like How about that? you? Yeah. Is, it, is it still pineapple for you, though? Huh? Still pineapple pizza? Yeah. Is, that, is that the favorite? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh, so what's their favorite TV show? Have you guys watched Ted Lasso? We haven't. Haven't yet. So everybody told me it's the best show of all time and all this. And so I didn't want to see it. I was like, no, that's too much hype. I, and then I just watched it. And I think the magic of Ted Lasso is it's such an uplifting, like just heartfelt show at the right time. Yeah. It's just like, it's a really sweet, sweet show. That's like, uh, this is us came out at the right time. Or I came out at the right time. Yeah. So I'm going Ted Lasso. Wow. Yeah, I just look yours. My my favorite TJ is SpongeBob. Can't go wrong with SpongeBob. Right? <laughs> Everybody likes SpongeBob. Yeah. Everybody likes SpongeBob. It's a smart show and funny. Yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite movie? Boy, this is gonna um, this is gonna um, be controversial, but <laughs> my favorite movie is. Um, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Oh, wow. That's a good one. I've seen it probably 20 times. And every time, like every time it comes on, no matter where it is in the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll finish that. (laughs) And we met on, my wife and I met online on February 2nd of 02. Oh, wow. So it's like 222. 222. And then we just passed 2222. How about that? Did you watch Groundhog Day? Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah we've seen right, it. Good, good, good. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Dominions. Dominion, yeah. Can't yeah. go wrong there. How many times have you seen that? Uh, probably a thousand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally. Every day, him and his little, little, little three-year-old sister watches that thing every day, multiple times a day. I think I was like that with Blazing Saddles because it was so <laughs> irreverent when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watch that every day for you know at least a summer. Yeah, Bye, oh, that's awesome. Wow, <laughs> nice meeting you. <laughs> so since you just met our third co-host, our team member, um, as you know, a lot of people they see what you do and everything you do, but they don't see the team behind you. So tell us a little bit about your team that helps you be who you are. Well, so when I started writing music, I couldn't sing. So my buddy, Max Waller, who's got a beautiful voice and composes for film and stuff, he um, he would sing on all the songs. I would do the lyrics and stuff, and he would, he would record. So he's been um, amazingly helpful through this whole process. And then when I was like, hey, I'm going to try and sing, he was like, yeah, of course you are. Let's do that. <laughs> so uh, that was amazing. And then... Uh, Mike Valerio, who is a bass player, who's pretty much played on every film I've ever worked on. Um, But he'll also, you know, when John Williams, the composer, Star Wars, all that, tours, he plays with him. um, And he plays with, you know, a thousand different bands. He helped me. He was my old neighbor. um, And he helped me put, like, a band together for this album. So I got... uh, Gabe Witcher from the Punch Brothers, the fiddle player, who's like, it it was amazing because I booked two days in the studio for Gabe. Mm -hmm. And then he came in and I like, you know, played him a song just like I did now. And we were talking the whole time. And I was like, all right, let's chart this out and we'll record it. And then Gabe's like, no, I got it. 
And I was like, you got all the changes, everything? He's like, yeah, I got it. He went in, did two perfect takes, totally yeah. different, both perfect. And he did that with 12 songs. We started at 9 a.m. He was out by 11.30. Wow. Oh, wow. So like being around somebody like musicians like that is crazy. Um, and then Johnny Bradley uh, from Gary Clark Jr.'s band. He was in Gary Clark Jr.'s band for years. Flew out to play bass um, on this as well. Um, and that was an amazing experience meeting him. Um, and then the drummer, Jimmy Paxson. Um, do you guys know Jimmy? If, yeah. if anyone looks up Jimmy, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, yeah. Because he's played with everyone. I think he's on tour with the Chicks right now. Oh, oh wow! Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's been he's played with them for years. You know, speaking of drummer, this is I love this yeah. story. Um, our little one, our very first time in Nashville. This was his our first Any experience our and first his very there, first yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. We're walking down almost to Broadway in front of Hockey Talk Central, and the drummer in there at that time seen Lil Chris and said, um, um, told someone to give them this drumstick. So they walk out, they uh -huh. say, hey, that guy in there wants you to have this drumstick. So we thought that was cool. Because yeah, he was there watching, he was the music watching the music intently. So then we cross the street on cross Broadway and we're, and we're in front of Dirk Bentley Row and we're watching that band play. And the lead singer uh, who was on stage that night or that day um, looked out and seen him holding a drumstick. So she jumps down and asked him, would he like to play one song with them on their drums? Yeah. Oh, They're, my goodness. And, and so she pulls him through the window. Had he ever played before? No, no. No, he had never played. Well, Perfect. he did one time, but not professionally. Not, yeah, I mean, he did yeah, one yeah. time, like, just hitting them yeah, on no, his yeah. other place. We were at, no. That was an accident wow. that happened, too, mm -hmm. like a year wow. before that. But yeah. here it is. She pulls him through. She puts him on the thing, and he's getting to hit the drums while they sing Summer of 69. For the whole song wow. to a packed house, cheering crowd, and, and changed his life forever, but also changed her life forever. Yeah, <laughs> the small acts of kindness, right? Oh, yeah. Yep that that was we'll so that's much. a story we will never yeah. forget, and he'll ever. never forget. And, and again, and, and it was our introduction to Nashville because that was the first night that we were down in Nashville. I mean, we we already had a hotel checked in first time and ever, so we Broadway. drove down, parked, and there we were, and that happens. Right, at, we didn't even walk right. down Broadway yet. This was no, we this just we, we were walking to there, get there. Yeah. <laughs> that gives you chills. And by the way, he did what people were 20 years to do. <laughs> yeah, like he's already played on Broadway in Nashville. Yeah, he just he just walked on in, yeah. played an amazing song yeah. to, a, to a cheering, cheering crowd. Sure, How about we never forget it? <laughs> and that, again, that was our introduction to Nashville, and we're just sitting and there we like, fell in love with we were like, like, okay, we're, we're supposed moving to here. be here. We're moving here. <laughs> this place yeah. is a magical place. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And Andrew Dorf lived there too, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever meet him? No. We didn't, unfortunately. Yeah. I think Steve Stephen Dorf Jr. moved there last year yeah. too. So. Oh, he did too. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. he did yeah. move back. So y'all yeah, have to get him over in uh, for your fundraiser because he's a that he's a great great musician, go. just like his dad and his brother. <clears throat> Yeah. I'm sure yeah. since it's for his dad, we'll probably have no problem with that. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I think he can pull it off. Mike can actually pull that one get. off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, I've been toying with the idea of Nashville myself. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go there and spend some time, I think, in June. 
Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll see Stephen Dorff and hang yeah, out. Yeah, because we're going up there yeah. April 19th for a week. And then back 4th of July and back on our 20th anniversary in October. Oh, wow. So why are you guys waiting to move? <clears throat> what, money right now. Trying money. to coordinate you know, things. And yeah, trying to, I what I don't want is move and then we have to move back somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I want trying to plan. Again, we know that we're going to eventually have to take that step of faith anyway. Yeah. But I'd like to have at least some ducks in order. And and, and one thing that's kind of helped, too, is um, um, one issue that we were having is my dad was having a lot of health problems here in Savannah. And he recently passed away. Yeah, I, I know. I'm yeah, sorry to hear that. Well, thanks. And and, and, and he was his concern was, well, if you all move, I'm going to have nobody. So, you know, and we, we get that. that. We didn't we want that. So we were kind of yeah. in limbo for a little while. And since he passed away now, we're like, well now is the time there's no other family in savannah so nothing to hold us here now now is the time i think you mm -hmm. also make a t-shirt yes now's the time it Love really it. is isn't it yeah yep. mm -hmm. there isn't there isn't tomorrow really exactly right we have to <clears throat> yeah so yeah. if you could co-write with any artist dead or alive who would it be oh my goodness i <laughs> i would have to say tom waits Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was, I mean, when I first heard Tom Waits, wow, when I was in, you know, teenager, I was like, what is this? <laughs> it was so crazy. And the storytelling was so amazing. It seems like you're going to like a beatnik time, like, you know, you're kind of riding the train or something with an old mm -hmm. storyteller. So uh, when I first moved to L.A., um, do you guys know Vim Vendors, the director? He did Buena Vista's Social Club um, mm -hmm. and some other. It's a music documentary about Cuban music. Oh, wow. um, but he's also done, you know, like traditional films with Nick Cave. I don't know if you guys know that artist. Um, yeah. yeah. He, I was working on a film. I was interning at a place. And um, Vim was upstairs and I got a phone call. I was answering the phones and he goes, is women? And I go, you mean Vim? He goes, Wim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I tell him his calling? He goes, yes, yeah, Tom Waits. Oh, I, wow. Wow. oh I, yeah. I lost it. <laughs> I was like, this is not real. <laughs> like, I, I totally embarrassed myself on that. Phone. You were probably like, am I getting pranked? Yeah. Yeah. It felt like that. Cause Vim was one of my favorite directors. He did wings of desire, which as a teenager was one of my favorite movies or late teens. Um, and, uh, and then Tom Waits was calling for him and I was like, welcome to Hollywood. Uh, uh, yeah. It's never, it's, oh, it's been this from that moment. <laughs> Nothing has ever <laughs> been that great again. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So what's a song that you've heard that you wish you wrote? Oh man. Can we just name any Beatles song? <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. or any Bob Dylan song, mm -hmm. uh, man, there's so Willie Nelson, like mm -hmm. I, like every time I listen to music, I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> like, I hear, I mean, I do that every single day. I'll put on like Ava Brothers. Have you guys been listening to Ava Brothers at all? Haven't uh, yet. They're from North Carolina, I think. Oh, North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And Americana. Okay. Um, okay. There's like the first song I heard was a uh, laundry room. 
Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, he's, you know, is a young man trying to convince his girlfriend to sneak out through the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, like, how do you write that's it's beautiful? And then I just went down the rabbit hole with the Ava brothers. And I think I flew to Red Rocks and saw him at least 10 times. Mm-hmm. You, you know, one of my favorite songs, and it's what I have to play every time I feel frustrated is um, The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Because, again, that's one of them songs where sometimes your faith is shaking a little bit and you're trying to go, you're trying to move forward, but you got all these mountains in your way. And it's such a great, powerful song. When I first heard that song, I was like, because I didn't really know Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And, you know, you just kind of see what's in the tabloids or the news. Right, right. right. It's like the the blips, the three seconds. Miley Cyrus, blah, blah, blah. And then you hear and you're like, what kind of talent is she? Like, she's not even from this planet. (laughs) I mean, she had great lineage. Right, right. Billy Ray. But, man. Like she is special. Yeah, yeah she is. She is. That's amazing why it, voice. it's hard to judge anyone because you like as soon as you get a moment with them, you're like, yeah, they're like everyone's performed a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, we can't judge. But we we bring on so many people on our show that have all different beliefs and many that don't all believe the way we life. believe. Yeah. But I don't care. You know, my goal is not to talk politics, not to talk um, some stuff anything controversial. My right. job is to get their story because their story is what connects. You guys bring joy. And that's what I love about your show. There's <laughs> oh, never, means a lot. there's you. never a time I listen to you and like, it's never divisive. It's just, it's, it's joy. And Can't say there's not been a few times where I've had to steer people back. <laughs> yeah, he's good at that. Especially the last couple of years, right? We all yeah. took a left turn where we should have taken a right. All of us. Yeah. Because um, it was hard. And they're just talking heads and things and craziness and insaneness. Yeah. And Twitter and this and that. And, and you're just like overwhelmed mm-hmm. by all the, like, it was it was crazy. And <laughs> like I think, and I think a and lot everything. of times people get upset with each other online and stuff. And, and it's really, I think even though they have different beliefs, the, everybody's, I think, scared at a certain level. That's what and it that, all is, is fear, right? Yes. Yeah. That's true. I mean, there's fear of <clears throat> vaccines. There's fear of government. There's fear of COVID. There's fear of, there's fear. It's just like people want to protect their children. And they don't mm-hmm. really they don't really know the answers. Yeah. And so yeah. it's all fear. Yeah. And then that's why we try to do our show in a way where, you know what? All that's happening. We can't change it. We'll just come on, bring some people on, and let's just talk. Can't yeah. change it. Do what's best for you. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and your family. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's look, you know, some years down the road, and let's say you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you're there. What do you hope that you never forget? The like struggle of humanity, right? It's really hard for people. And just being out there playing music, you get to see a moment of like just people being like emotional and honest. And this outdoor show I just played in Austin, it was just people eating, you know, crowd ads and things. Like, oh, yeah. 
sitting around. And then um, some people approached me afterwards. And then one girl came up and was like, I cried three times. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I like, we have to remember people <clears throat> are going through things. Like, and that also makes it hard to judge people because we don't know they're. Mm-hmm. Everyone has. You had cancer, teenage. You almost lost your life yes. before it really began. Like, mm-hmm. think of that. Think, think of what person that made you. And my oncologist said, he goes, "This is what's going to happen." And I think you took the same road I did. He said, "There's two roads after cancer. There's you become depressed and you worry mm-hmm. about your life and all you think about is death, mm-hmm. or you embrace life." Yes. He goes, you've got two choices. And he goes, in two years, you're going to come back to me and say, you know what? Cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. Yes. And I won't say that, that. but I can say it changed me like nothing else has ever changed. It does change you. It gives you a different perspective to to appreciate life more because it it can be. And see, I went through 19 years of addictions um, and right. five years of our marriage, the first five years of marriage was still in those addictions. So she not only has had that le- leaf of life from years ago, and then, then she's in this marriage where she's wondering, who did I marry for a little while? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you know, she never nagged me, never put me down, never done any of that. She always loved me at the level that I needed to be loved. And I can honestly say if God didn't bring her in my life, I there's no way that I would be living today. And there's definitely no way I'd be sober for 14 years. Yeah. That's a beautiful testament, right? To love. Oh, thank you. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is because you wouldn't be the person you are today or you might not be here. Like you said. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Like when people say, you know, I always ask on Facebook and all that, you know, what would you change from your past? Like when they find out my addictions, would, you know, would you go back and read? No, I wouldn't. My addiction, the 19 years of addictions made me who I am today. If I yeah. changed that, who knows what I'd be. Right. Maybe <laughs> change what caused the addiction, but um, not what made you what you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we all look in our past and go, well, that was crazy. <laughs> we all do. We yeah. all do. Yeah. Yes. So and, what are some sources of inspiration for you? Um, like I was saying, like every day I literally am inspired. I, and I, just because this is fresh on my mind, I was just at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And they gave me an artist badge so I could go into any of the shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. I just kind of skipped around, not knowing mm-hmm. where I was going. <laughs> and every show I was just blown away by, like blown away by the talent and the musicianship. And then like 20 year olds doing this incredible music and then 60 year olds playing these like heartfelt, beautiful. It was, uh, yeah. I just couldn't, I, I barely got any sleep while I was there. Because I would just wake up in the morning and go find. It didn't really start till noon, but there'd mm-hmm. always be somebody playing somewhere earlier. Yeah. So I get a street. Have you had the breakfast tacos in Austin? Mm. If you if you haven't put it on your bucket list, ah, uh, we'll add that to the list. Yeah, that's um, once you've had one, you go back every day. Uh, oh, well. Maybe maybe twice a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But I would do that and then go see music. And it's so inspiring. And you speaking of young people, um, one of our get one of our very first guests we had on the show, a girl named Ava Page. She was 15 at the time. And she was in the middle of going through chem uh, with chemo and all that because she, oh, had, yeah, leukemia. she had two years, two years of, of, chemo of, of chemo and all that because of leukemia. And she just now finally came cancer free. Oh so it's God. all stopped the, the treatments because I can't apparently with leukemia, you got it's a two year process. It's not yeah. like the other yeah. cancers for the young people. And she's just this amazing um artist that oh yeah she's a force she she's there, a yeah. force to reckon with and it yeah. was just amazing and she didn't slow down her music at all she she kept going she was co-writing writing a lot of songs and performing <laughs> everywhere all through, in, all in fact the the weeks the, any week that she would do um the treatments would be rough weeks for her and yeah. it was looking like the treatment was going to lay, lay on the week that she was supposed to come on the show and she was going to do it anyway she was going to do it from the hospital. She, she, said, was, no. she was willing to do it from the hospital bed if she had to. Like That's dedication there. So when people make excuses, <laughs> <laughs> I like it just like brought me back when I was doing, because I had to do chemo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they, I did eight months of chemo. Yeah. And they line, they put you in the chair and they roll mm-hmm. the thing over and there's yes. all these bags dripping right. and they're handling it with like, all this protection because oh, it's yes. poison right. that putting into your body. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you have to pee a lot. Cause they're it just, they're just that's something they don't tell you about. Yeah, because the just, yeah. they're just dripping all kinds of stuff yeah, into you. It's and just then going in for hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. And the walk to the bathroom like was insane. Like because yeah. you'd see grandmothers. And you'd see five-year-olds and like mm-hmm. all these like beautiful faces with no hair. Just yeah. like, and I never gave a smile and didn't get one back in wow. that entire time. Wow. wow. But man, that like it, that those moments brought me to tears every, yes. every single treatment. Yes. Really. I definitely remember yeah. those days. Mm-hmm. Like you care about them more than yourself because they're so young and vulnerable yes. and have so much life in front of them. That was, right. that was, and that's why we do music and art, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Music is healing. Music and art definitely it have is. healing powers. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you do chemo for? Uh, it was eight months, 16 treatments, eight months. And they wanted me at the time to do radiation too, but somehow the, the chemo did manage to get off. Yeah, she it, refused luckily. the radiation because she knew that that would for sure probably block out kids from that point. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Amazing. And I'm still here. They said I probably wouldn't be there two years later, and I'm here 25 years later. And here you are, happy with yeah. children and loving and moving to Nashville. Yeah, enjoying life. A dear friend just went through uh, cancer treatment and she had to be in like right before COVID, she was in the Mm -hmm. hospital by herself and nobody could visit her for six weeks because of the treatments. And then COVID hit and they plastered her off in the hospital so nobody could visit then. Oh, And then she had to get bone marrow transplant which is incredibly painful oh yes and wow 
Um, she just finished in November. And the thing I didn't know about bone marrow transplants is you have to get all your, um, like polio vaccines, everything start over. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. You have to redo all so you have them. to redo everything. But she, for the first night out, we went to a Nick Cave concert. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that's her favorite artist. And so, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. She just, she's cancer free. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah. After two years of, I mean, you've been through it too. It's yeah. hell. Yeah. It and, is. It yeah. absolutely is. And yeah. you never forget it when you never forget it. it. And we couldn't see her. So we just have to like bake something or make, fun yeah. like there's so little you can do. Right. And you want to do so much. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I, I was just thinking that like, it's funny how life turns. It's like you're graduating high school and then everyone's off to college and then everyone's getting married and then everyone's having kids and then everyone's getting divorced and then everyone's getting cancer. And it's just like watching the arc um, mm -hmm. of life is, is really uh, fascinating and yeah, and, and because of it my addictions, is. I hung out with the rough crowd all my life years ago, especially my late teens, early 20s. Yeah. And so now that I'm older, I've watched so many friends from back then pass away who are all my age. And oh, they shouldn't. Right. So and, and it's one of the things where it's like, you know, that life just caught up to them. And so many left and right are, have been dying. And, and I'm grateful to be here because, again, if I wouldn't have got sober, I'd be one of them. You would. Yeah. You definitely would have been. I never have survivor's guilt because you conquered that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their choices and has to make their choices. So true. Yeah. But it is a hard thing. Like I see friends who have died of cancer and then I go, why didn't I? Why? How come I was lucky? Mm -hmm. um, so you, we wrestle with those things too, I think a little bit. I don't know if yes. you do. But, yeah. Um, but I have. Yeah, for I sure. knew some people that were friends back then, and when I was having the chemo treatments, and a couple of them didn't make it, yeah. and definitely remember them. Yeah, I was yeah. one of the lucky ones that did. Thankfully. Yeah, embrace each day. And what were you going to say? I interrupted. Her. Oh, I was just going to ask the next question. Uh, what would you like for your legacy to be in music? What would you want to be known and remembered for? I. Right. More than anything, I want to do things for charity and raising money for cancer awareness. Oh, that's great. And even one person helped. That's all I care about. Well, you need to come to our event, the 40 over 40, because Steve Dorff's charity, it, it benefits the Monroe um, oh, yes. the, um, Vanderbilt um, Children's yes. Hospital. Oh, the hospital. Fighting children's cancer. Yeah. I would like nothing more than to do that. I will drop everything I'm doing to do something like that. Well, we'll keep oh, you we'll updated definitely on that. keep in touch about that. We'll and I'll, I'll call young Steven Dorf and we could do a duet. There you that go. would be amazing. We'd yeah. love that. I will that make, I will drag him there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> him there. Yes. <laughs> make him sing a song with me. Yeah. Yes. That would be I incredible. See that. I love yeah. that Steve Dorf is doing that and check out his book because will. it is, you're like, how did he write all these songs? <laughs> Like it's one yeah, after yeah. the other, after the other. Like list is extensive. Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing the talent in that family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
I just want to like be near them so maybe some of it falls on me. Some of it rub off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you guys get that a lot. Like how inspiring is this show for you guys? Oh, it's, it's amazing <laughs> every day. We are privileged I mean, we to get never to do this show. Imagine. To talk to some of the artists we get to talk yeah. to. Because when we started the show the out, it was actually a up and coming country music interview show. Yeah, right. That's the country Because we had a lot of contacts in Nashville. Yeah. So so that was kind of that the roots of the show but then the when years. COVID happened we opened the door for all entertainment so it's been amazing that we've had like randy travis on sarah evans lee bryce oh john uh, michael john michael montgomery um and actors like ed asner and and, 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 and brian latrell from the backstreet boys it's and, and it's right. just been wow. we just never imagined the show getting i imagine the show getting here one day but I never imagined doing this right from a room of a home. Yes. And we're home. just two ordinary people that just had this crazy dream. Because when he first brought up the idea of the show, I was like, well, I guess we can do it. What would we call the show? And I was like, well, what else? The Chris and Sandy show. I'm like, you Chris are crazy. And Sandy show. Nobody knows who we are. Who's going to watch a show of our Yeah, days? she kind of didn't believe in the name. But yeah. I was like, you know what? When you look at all the big shows out there that have one or two people. Now, Graham, when they have four and five people on the show, then yeah. they call it different. Right. But yeah. when it's one or two people, the ones at the top, it's always their names. And so easy to remember. Yep. Yeah. Right. It simplifies it. And yeah. so I was like, you know, let's just do it and let's see what happens. And and again, it was just one of them things where all of a sudden I remember the first big breakthrough that we kind of had. I was frustrated at this time and yeah. I was going through a pity party. It was a couple months. It was like a little bit after COVID started. And I remember getting this email from a PR company saying that they had six people they want to get on our show. And, and I'm going through the list. And one of them was Anna Christina Cash. I was like, I wonder if she's related to Cash family. So I looked her up and come to find out she's married to John Carter Cash. Yeah. Of course, Johnny Cash and, and, and June's Cash's son. son. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll take we'll, we'll do all six and we want to do Anna first. And so we get her on. And because we get her on, that brought Carlene Carter on which then brought Georgette Jones on, which then brought Jenny Gill on, which then brought Taylor Lynn on. So all of a sudden we had all these legacy kids wow. coming on yes, our show. Kids of legends and coming on. Mm -hmm. It kind of solidified our show at that moment. And then that's when the bigger people started coming. So write a tiny spark and there you go. Uh, but you said you woke up and had the idea. Was it? One of those where you just literally was like, you know, we should do. <laughs> or was it something like that, that was percolating a little? Much. It was almost like that. Yeah. But what I had love happened that. was, I love what, that. what had happened was back in 2014, 15, yeah. we launched a, a website called New Country Buzz, where we and we would interview up and coming artists. Yeah. And we end up, um, but we didn't do a show. It was, yeah. I would type it out. I, I hated that. Transcribe. I transcribed. We Transcripts. even got, back yeah. then, we even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before she was Kelsey. When and, first and, single and, and I really loved doing it, but I hated the transcription side. So we shut the show, to, the um, the site down and all. I was just like, you know, I'm, I can't do this. But and I even I wanted to push it away so much that I even um, let go the domain New Country Buzz. But every six months I would look up New Country Buzz up. Oh, nobody's bought it. 
up oh, nobody's bought it mm-hmm. a year later up oh, no and finally one day in 2018 i think it was i told sandy at the end it's like you know nobody has still bought that name that's our name we're supposed to do so let's finish what we started so we relaunched new country buzz with the with the idea of doing a show called new country buzz but then as time progressed i was like you know we're in a different mindset now let's do a show show the chris and sandy show yeah because it doesn't limit you exactly yeah because the Sandy show is everything now, it's broad right? it can yeah. be any yeah. guest and when, yeah. when i first told her her uh, i don't think she believed me on this part either but when i first told her, i was like look i want to do the chris and sandy show too because it's generic so that anywhere we feel god leads us we can still be that without changing the name you know yeah. And we're an interview show, you know, and so that was kind of the spark of it. And then but we started with up and coming country music because that was the contacts we had. And then it's led to where we are today, where it's a full inter, in, entertainment interview show. And we bring on all aspects. In fact, yesterday we had an ex pro football player who's now a musician. I actually heard that yesterday. <laughs> How amazing is that story? Yeah, and by that's the way, amazing story. His music. Yeah pretty darn good what's going on yeah Mm -hmm. and usually when i mean we've heard football players do music and it usually doesn't sound like that that's true i was like i was curious i was like oh i gotta go listen to this yeah because it was amazing that he here it is he was eight years pro football when i asked him about the passion all that i never never had passion for football I'm His like, really? Was always <laughs> yeah, music. I remember that. It was always he music since he was a kid. It, yeah. it was, it was yeah. stunning that he had so much talent um, as an athlete, but had no passion for it. it yes. Was, yeah. Think about having that much talent in life. <clears throat> yeah. Like to be a pro athlete, like, first of all, you're an elite human being mm-hmm. just to get there, be considered for that, let alone get there. And then. Yes. Like be, do music on that level. Yeah. yeah. This is uh this is why you guys are doing the show. <laughs> For people it. like me to go, you what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as we Beautiful. come to a close here, yeah. um, what advice would you give somebody who wants to do what you do? You you have to do it, right? I mean just do it. Mm-hmm. You've got to figure out a way to do it. Like it's that's the other thing I'd like to do is being 50, like same as you, like who does a pivot like this and who chases a dream like this? And mm-hmm. we're in a really special time. When I started in music, you had to be 20 and you had to have a look and you had to dress away and you had to now it's not like that. And right. As much as people like knock, you know, online streaming music and everything, it takes the face away and but and gives a voice. And yeah. we're like it's a free fall for all right now. Like you there is no excuses. No right. excuses. You do your interview from the bed in the chemo room. Like just exactly. you have to do it now. Do it. And everyone has so much talent and so like <clears throat> everyone. Like it's a, it's always I'm just amazed all the time. 
And the cool thing is, it's not that more people have talent. It's that because of social media and the internet, we can see. We get to see yeah. it. That they more have a platform. Have, it's always been the same, but people didn't have platforms 20 years ago. To showcase it. So they didn't yeah. have a shot. And I talk to people about this because a lot of people are kind of down on, you know, the Spotify kind of model. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I was putting up posters <laughs> and like duplicating cassettes on a and then drawing out the pictures or photocopying them, putting them on the cassette tapes, like just to reach 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it was a lot right. of work. Mm -hmm. And now we have this gift, like, and you guys too, right? Yeah. You would have had to have been on the radio or on television. We would have had, yeah. would have had to have that been. would have been the only platform. So. Yeah, and if you have a voice and something to say, and like y'all are proving it every day, uh -huh. right? Like yep. that's it. Yeah. You, there is somebody to hear when you have something to say. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Love that. So as we close out, tell everybody how they can find you. Oh yeah, because I'm terrible at self promotion. So I'm glad <laughs> you, I would I wouldn't have even thought of it. Uh, my my fiance is <laughs> like, you have to say stuff at your shows. I'm like. I just, I'm just there singing. I don't know. But um, I have a website, Derek V Music, and it's um, spelled D E R E K and V. I just went with V because um, Vanderhorst is a, you know, that's a lot to type out. So yeah. DerekVMusic.com or The Real Derek V Music um, on Instagram. Awesome. And I have a uh, YouTube and all of that. The album comes out. April 14th, but you can pre-order it. No, actually, you can just order it on my website now. Um, and I have vinyl coming. Do you guys know about vinyl? Like, this is the hip new thing. <laughs> that, everything always comes back. It comes back around. It takes a year to print your album now. It's oh, so wow. backlogged. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And I even got, like, the like a big favor, and it's still taking me eight months. Wow. So, um but, you know, with digital streaming and all that, you can pre-order or if you want to wait for it for free, uh, which I'm all for also, is um, April 14th on Spotify. Mm -hmm. But sign up on the mailing list. And I'm terrible at social media, so you won't get bombarded with emails. <laughs> um, I promise. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So, um, but I'll just like, I'll list events and things awesome. um, right. on there or new songs I'm going to release. Um, I did a full album, but I've got like a hundred songs I need to start recording. Oh, um, so I'm just going to start song. releasing them yeah. online, you know, hopefully one a week when things slow down. Wow. Right. Love that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we, we look did. forward to having you back down the road. Oh, man. And I'm going to see you all in Nashville. Yeah. Because yes. that's we'll a very special thing. I'm so glad you guys are doing that. Yeah. Uh, we we appreciate really cool. that. We do. Um, Wow. Thank you guys so much. And this meant a lot being with you guys today. It's same oh, here. Same here with we us. Loved it. Thank you. And so I loved much. hearing your stories. Oh my gosh. So great. Oh, right, thank, thank you. you. All right. Take care. You All too. right. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay.